zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey, the Outbreak Challenge, OutbreakChallenge.com has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real-life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. And you can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real-life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, OutbreakChallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, welcome to Zompocalypse Now, the show where Purgatory. we torture ourselves and uh, and probably torture you as well. But you're here for it apparently, which I'm not sure what that says about either of us. But we, uh, we're t- looking at the final season of The Walking Dead and we're coming up on the We've been told it's the final season. Well, it's the final season of the main show. I've the seen no of, evidence of that yet. The number of spinoffs has now grown to a small army, um, and I'm sure there'll be even more coming on the way. But this episode is called Trust, and I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. And uh, we were... It's all build it up to a thing of violence folks i'll tell you what that thing's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be uh uh norman reedus having to make a hard choice about whether or not to kill a certain person it's not gonna be a hard choice i was gonna say what what, what's hard about that choice (laughs) he couldn't do it before well he's still trying to like build something new okay i know i think curtis you're talking about leah right yeah yeah okay so that 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 yes that that is a gonna be a hard choice for him but or a harder choice than it would be for you know his desire to kill lance oh yeah he i think carol's got that covered oh i think maggie's were well on her way as well i think um if if i think we we should do a pool oh my god that's a great idea such a good idea the Lance Deadpool. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Deadpool because if he survives this show, I don't know what I'm going to do. It, the, the pool is who gets to kill Lance? What character gets to shank him in the final scene when he, and is it going to be a surprise or is it going to be, yeah. This is about what I expected to happen. 
Now, that, right. If it's if it's a this is what I expect to happen, it's going to be Carol, I think. Well, no, see, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think if it's a, you know, I, I think we've established a couple of good characters that could it could be. I think a Gabriel is right there in the running. Like he would, you know, I he he'd put a, a corkscrew right through that guy's eye. I've got a little kid. <sighs> Look at him. Look at his dumb little purple shirt. Okay, now you can't see this, but Dustin picked up a bag of uh, of uh, railroad uh, ephemera, and they're all little people. You know, model railroad. I, I have a problem, and now and now he's <laughs> he's he's developing a whole role playing game around these these small small things, which is delightful, but not having to do with what we're talking about. Right. I'm sorry. Um, so, cause I think, I think Gabriel, it could be Gabriel. I don't think I'd be shocked. I don't think I would be shocked if it was Maggie or Carol. I don't think I'd be shocked if it was Aaron or Daryl. I think what we need to do is pick our, what I would be shocked. I would be shocked if it was Mercer. I would be shocked if it was Eugene or, uh, or little, little, what's her name? Actually, I'm putting my money on Eugene. He's gonna, he's gonna have his revenge. Mercer, I think, is a definite option. He is well I mean, by far the strongest of the bunch. Jesus, what a but I, I here's the thing. I don't know if Mercer is gonna kill anybody in the finale. Any of the I think because we're they're setting Mercer up to be maybe the new leader of this community, especially with this week this week's conversation that he had with his sister about mm-hmm. being more. Well, maybe we should start at the beginning of his. Of, we should, oh. we should. Let's do him first, and then okay. uh, then we can do uh, who Ezekiel and and the folks up at the at the hilltop. Yes. Okay. So, how where who wants to start? Oh, is that my job? Okay. Okay. So <laughs> it's love. So, it's uh, love in the time of the love in the time of apocalypse. Yeah, we're we're waking up in a coital haze with a yes stench of sex filling the room. And That's who is the kind in, of who, hazes there are? Who yes. is who has who has been love shocked? Uh, Mercer, Mercer and, and Princess and Who I don't know if I was expecting that. I mean. I, I was expecting to talk about the elephant trunk in the room. That dude's huge. You know he's huge. Dude, we, when he shows up at Princess's door in that tight black shirt, and it's the unbuttoned, because he can't button it. He can't button that shirt. That shirt was made 10 years ago, and there is no way that that shirt, there is a shirt alive that can hold in those titties and those shoulders. And he is leaning against that door, and Princess walks up. Oh, you were pregnant, Curtis. That's that's later. That's later. (laughs) Later. First, we're in bed with the two of them. Uh, uh, What's her name again? Princess. princess princess yeah so princess and mercer are in bed and they're doing cute we just boned all night and it's five in the morning and you gotta go to work and that sucks for everybody you know i'm a robot beep beep boop, beep, boop. Beep, boop, boop. Oh, how cute uh they had a they're, they're just, their whole little like relationship was like 
Oh, that's that's nice stuff. I'm glad that's happening. Yeah, it's it, it is nice. I, but, I, I do like it, but you know. but there's tension there too because yeah. he, there are things bothering him clearly, and she's like, you know, you can talk to me, and he's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm a man. I don't I don't have I don't have complicated feelings. I don't have to share my feelings. Right. My name's Mercer. Nobody thinks that's funny, but me. I don't. I think it's kind of funny if he, you know. But so, so he's like really, his off. name is properly pronounced Marcy. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's his name. It's Marcy, but he, he know he can't say it, so no one else knows. Well, you know, we could be calling him Mike, but that just seems weird. That's, that's his name. His name's Michael Mercer, and and his sister calls him Mike, and it's like. Jesus, Michael. That seems that ah. weird. Yeah, Mike, like, I hate when people do that to their kids. Like, name them something cute or rhyming or an onomatopoeia or whatever. Right here, the name Mike, I think about an old sketch comedy bit on an old show where he's like, I want to get invited. I wasn't invited to the pizza party, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it was dumb, super dumb. But I always think of that. Right. Anyways, so awkward conversation, and then that ends. And then what? Then what happens? Uh, so he's got to go work out. Apparently, yeah. Well, because what happens in between that is is uh, Eugene and Rosita bring in the deaf reporter and lady whose name I cannot remember. Lydia, Linda, Nancy, Connie. Connie. Damn it! I always think it's an L for some reason. I don't know why. Because it's a lady, and that starts with an L. Right. Uh, and they tell him about what happened last week with all of the uh, dead people mm-hmm. and the trying to, to create, do a heist and it not working and all that stuff. And, uh, and uh, Connie wants to corroborate, corroborate this. And, uh, and, and Eugene's like, well, I might have somebody who, uh, yeah. who She's can like- do that. He's like, we need to have somebody on the inside. <laughs> so, that was me doing sign language for audio, okay? Don't get offended, you you terribly delicate people. Nobody deaf listens to this show, Curtis. So, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. They, <laughs> they, that was, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So (laughs) they uh, he goes to Tiffany, actually Max, and that pisses me off. His name's Mike Mercer, and hers is Maxine Mercer. Come on, Mercer and Mercer. It's a good thing their parents died in the apocalypse. There are many, many people who have been inflicted with terrible names by their parents. The 60s were a bad time for this, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so, yeah. Yep. Moon I mean, unit Zappa. Mm. Moon unit Zappa. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah, that's the other thing is that if you're if you are a famous actor or musician, the odds of you of you putting your child into therapy because of what you named them greatly increase. This is my daughter, Apple. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Eugene goes to Max and they, and she spells, he spells all that out for her. And she's like, what? Society is broken. And, uh, then she goes to confront her brother. Like she didn't grow up as a black lady in the United States up until nine years ago. 
Like, what did she think? Like, why did why did they decide to make this the naive lady? I know. Um, I don't know. I don't know that she's actually meant to be really naive in the sense of not understanding what it was like before, but the depth of it. I think. I think it's the depth of it. I think it's the fact that there's you know because I mean she's when when Eugene comes to her with you know we, there's these terrible things are going on and she's like well whatever and he's like it involves the governor's horrid son and she's like you should have led with that mm-hmm. um you know i think i think it's the it's the degree and who's involved and part of it is i think that and we've seen this with this character too she's a little bit of an idealist which is not a bad thing to be it's just not also the safest thing to be right so she goes to confront mercer and he is basically like, yeah, what did you expect? And sometimes things are hard. And she's like, you could be so much more than just a symbol. And he's like, I'm not a symbol to anybody. Meanwhile, behind him on the wall is a poster of him. Like, you know. <laughs> and she literally gestures at it. She's like, she's like people look up to you. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> right there. And it was like, okay, that's funny. Right. But he, you know, turns her away. The whole uh, time, the whole time, he's just just making himself a bigger piece of meat. Yeah. Lifting oh, yeah, these weird barbells and and doing yanking shoulder on presses stuff. and sorry, man. You know, I consider myself a heterosexual male, but I was just a little bit panting at his specimenship. Jeez, I'm you know, I think I I think, you know, gender is a spectrum, and I think that that there are people that you sometimes you'll see in your life and you're just like, I just want to touch it. Like I'll, I'll be, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, there are women that I, I'm like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Anytime. If he asked me to, I would totally oil his chest. Mm-hmm. See, there's nothing wrong with that. He's yeah. a, it just he's means a, you're a human being. I just, he's a big, good looking man who you kind of think he'd, he'd carry you around. I yeah, just the sweetest. Oh, it's very to... soft, and very tender. He would like, cradle you like a baby, and then just carry you from room to room. I mean, and then he'd go and just murder people for you. <laughs> you know, if he'd have slapped Chris Rock, he'd have died. <laughs> It'll talk about Bruno. <laughs> so Mercer really is upset by this. And so then he goes to Princess, who has earlier told him she wanted to talk to him. And this is when he wears the black shirt. And it's just like, this is why Jesus exists, you guys. This is how you know, because people can look like that in clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's just, the shirt is, is straight, like, like it, I don't know how it did it. I don't know like how they made the only thing that the only thing that didn't ring true for me was was uh princess wasn't walking with a limp (laughs) she wasn't in a hum around (laughs) (laughs) mercer (laughs) in a wheelchair but oh the sex is great i really like it (laughs) need some time to heal (laughs) anyway so uh so he admits to her that he's upset that he had to murder two of his men. Uh, But the thing that upsets him even more than the fact that he had to kill two of his own men last week and cover it up was that 
if the situation repeated itself and he were in it again, he would do the exact same thing. And he's afraid of what that means. And she basically, you know, is able to to make it encourage him that uh, it means that he's if, if it needed to be done, it means that he's, you know, a good person. And this is one of those things I really like that all of the chess pieces are getting set up for for what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all sorts on so many different fronts that some people don't even know. Are, some people are working together that don't even know they're working together just right. yet. And I that's one of those things that I really, really enjoy that this show can do uh, occasionally and do pretty well. So so essentially what this uh, and so it, you uh, so she princess takes him back into her room to talk. And, uh, and, you know, to have her back broken again. And, <laughs> and then it goes, and then Max has gone to Eugene and been like, you know what? System's super duper broken. Uh, we're going to take him down. Uh, what do you need from me? What do you need me to steal is what she says. And uh, so I bet you anything, a very similar conversation is going to happen with Mercer at some point with, between him and Princess. Probably. And, uh, you know, if not him and Rosita or whatever, like, because she was there. And Rosita is, is you know, there, there and, the, and Connie and, and Little Apple Dumpling. And, you know, they're all like, and that's not to count what happened outside of, uh, of the Commonwealth today. Oh, wait, 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 before we go. We have to sit there and say that we finally got the kiss between Max and Eugene. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they're, ever since it was revealed that she was who he was talking to, and then, of course, he had been betrayed by Lance and his sex demon minion, and um, they've been, you know, kind of coming closer together, but at the same time, yeah, there's always this been this little tension. So now it's kind of like, there we go. Yes, Eugene, you got the girl. You got the right girl. The girl who actually cares about you. And right. she's going to die now because everything happens to you. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, so, so in the comic, and of course, at this point, at this point, things are so different. I mean, we're looking at broad strokes here, comparison. But If you've ever seen Loki, it's like that. With yeah, no kidding. Timelines. Um, in the comic, she survives and she I guess she dies in between the final the final confrontation in the Commonwealth and then the final issue of the comic. There's like this time jump. And somewhere in that period she passed away. But other than that, I mean she she made it through she made it through the comic. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I mean, I realize there's gonna be a whole lot of death coming up here because that's how this show works. But wouldn't it be nice to just have Eugene actually get a break? I I want more happy endings than 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 deaths uh i want this show to take a page out of uh the orphan black playbook Mm. uh and even its own comic book playbook Mm -hmm. and i want whatever the conversation confrontation whatever the final confrontation is to happen either the episode before the last one or within the first 15 minutes of the last one and the rest of it is just catching up or saying goodbye to our friends 
who have survived and seeing that they're all going to kind of be okay. That would be nice. Then maybe they'll do it George Lucas style where it's just a lot of political conversations and then kind of a sword fight at the end. Maybe. We Orphan do. Black's probably one of the best, the best season finales for this I've ever seen mm. because the whole overarching, uh, the whole overarching conspiracy narrative that brought all these characters that we have grown to love over three seasons together that whole broad i only saw two episodes it stresses me out it's so good curtis you've got to watch it i'll sit through some more you've got to watch it it's so good in fact they did like a like a youtube thing where they were like uh we're gonna have uh it's like an extra, I only need five characters because realistically there were only, or there need five actors to do this thing because realistically there were only five actors on the show. One of them just played, said, yeah, I haven't gotten into that. I, I, I have this, you know, weird relationship with podcasts. <laughs> I, I, so, I understand. Anyway. They broke uh, up a long time ago. There was a lot of pain involved. And quite frankly, it makes them uncomfortable to be in the same room with each other anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, okay, so that wraps it up for uh for that story. Well, not quite because we get okay, no no, because we're if we have a, got Ezekiel story. Yeah. I do have a bone to pick about uh um uh, um what's his name's new girlfriend. Princess? Yeah, no, uh uh Eugene's girlfriend Eugene. Max? Max. Max. A bone to pick about Max. Costume department didn't do her any favors this week. I like her style, but her clothes were ill-fitting. And her wig was real bad. Like, this is the first time watching this show tonight was the first time where I was like, you know what? That wig's really impractical. I didn't even every, notice it was a wig. I thought every was- other time that I've I've seen her, I've just been like, yeah, she's cute. But tonight I was like, no, I don't, I don't buy it. I didn't like the high-waisted pants, I guess. I don't know. Anyway... Those high-waisted pants only work if you're in the 1920s. Mm. Sorry. Anyway, so um, <laughs> Ezekiel finds Carol dropping off uh, uh, Judith and RJ at school because yet again they have been abandoned by a parental figure, and she uh, they are going to have really hard time making true connections with people later in life. I mean, it's just. <laughs> They're going to be completely convinced that everyone they ever care about is just going to disappear one day. One day you're going to be eating, you'll go to sleep one night. Uh, Daryl tucked you in, woke up in the morning. There was Carol taking you to school. Where'd Daryl go? Oh, he's gone. He'll be back maybe. <laughs> okay. Just like my mother and father. Yeah. Just like your mother and father. Gone. Me back maybe. <laughs> Ezekiel runs into Carol outside the school. Right. And they have a little chat. What was that about? I don't even remember. She's like, I've got something. He's like, hey, do you want to get together and and celebrate the fact that I didn't die of cancer? And she's like, oh, yes, totally, definitely. But I have a work emergency. And and he goes, you have a baking emergency? And she's like, I got a different job. And he just leaves it there. Uh, it doesn't ask what, whoa, what kind of new job? He's like, just like, okay, well, oh, enjoy that. But she's a, just evasive as all hell. He's like, right. you, new job. She's like, yeah, I'll tell you about it later. 
you know, I'm really busy. I don't have time. And he's like, fine, I guess. And as we know, the new job is as a, as a fixer slash procurer for Lance. And the thing that she is saying essentially in this episode is I've made a whoopsie doodle and now I'm going to have to destroy somebody, which we all know it was, we all know it's coming. Right. Uh, so then Lance, or not Lance, uh, then uh, Ezekiel goes and finds the doctor who's the brother of that one lady. Uh, Yumiko's brother. Yeah. And uh, he's like drunk in his office. And he's, he's drinking like, and taking pills. Right. Because he does not want to be a doctor. I think he's getting ready to take su- commit suicide. Yeah. What, that was his deal. Not the best day, he says. Because he lost a patient and he's feeling very depressed. And Ezekiel's like, well, we can we can do something about that because I've got a patient for you. She needs an append- appendectomy and doesn't have any money. So uh, we're going to do it somewhere else. And the doctor's like, what? No, bring her in. And he's like, nope, can't do it. And so they decide to steal a bunch of medical supplies to go and, and do this thing. Uh, and here's where it kind of, this, I guess they needed some way to get Carol involved. So they yeah, made this was, it. This was so out of left field. We didn't even have a conversation between Ezekiel and this unknown woman about her appendicitis now she doesn't matter i don't even think they show her face once nothing about this woman matters except for getting these three characters a in a room so that they can uh experience the the dangerous side of of the commonwealth slash reconnect on a personal level she's a plot point yeah so uh i don't but here's the, the thing i don't understand like why do they have to like sneak like the dude is a doctor at this hospital he doesn't have to put that shit in a gunny sack and and stealth his way out he could put it in his briefcase and walk right out the front door and nobody's gonna bother him about it yes hmm. like you run out of backpacks today what the hell's going yeah. on with the pillowcases right <laughs> so they steal a bunch of stuff and they're immediately caught and who should be brought in to interrogate, or who should they, who should be brought in uh, to, to smooth things over? But Carol, because she's, you know, a high up secret service agent now, apparently. Part of, <laughs> part of the secret police, strictly speaking. Yeah. Super secret. <laughs> Shit. So that's great. I like that. And, uh, and Ezekiel's like, I, I knew it. And she's like, yes, I'm sorry. But what is all this about? And they're like, come with me. And so they go to the zoo where the veterinary clinic has been set up. And inside the veterinary clinic are all the people that can't, can't afford health care in the Commonwealth. And they're being treated by vets. And the doctor's like, what? And, and Ezekiel's like, yeah, it's kind of the thing that I like to do, like help people and and make things better and more whimsical and if i can bring sick people to where there are vicious animals and then get their teeth like set and their bones not broken anymore i'm gonna do it they have to have the appendectomy and everything goes tits up and uh and the doctor calls ezekiel and carol in to help and they do and the lady lives and then ezekiel and carol have this conversation about uh, about doing the best they can in the world and being the best kind of people they can be. And this is what Ezekiel is meant to do. And, 
And uh, it's just basically like the biggest Ezekiel is going to bite it so hard sometime in the next 12 episodes or 14 episodes or 96 episodes or whatever is happening. Ezekiel is going to bite it so hard because this conversation is so like we are never going to this is closure for us. Well, they, they even say, she even looks at him and says, we're never getting back together, you know. And he's like, you say that, but. <laughs> but we know it. We also yeah. know it. So that is the end of the Commonwealth. Uh, all sorts of crazy ass shenanigans are happening out in, uh, out in the hinterlands. Well, I mean, did you get to the, the, the burst appendix bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, as much as it needed to be talked about. That was all we needed to say, really. That happened, and they dealt with it. Right. NBD. Right. So, uh, Lance is kind of like, I guess, understandably upset that... uh, Incredulous. Incredulous to the point uh, that Gabriel and Aaron survived the uh the murder of the entire team of trained soldiers when uh when the trained soldiers did not and then the killers just left them that's crazy well in fairness it is a terrible story they have given right it is legitimately the dumbest damn most unbelievable and the fact that they actually think he's going to believe them because yeah, he doesn't. No, it's bad. Is I don't I don't even understand how at any point these two relatively smart individuals could have looked at each other and went, "Yeah, let's go with this story." Right. But they did, and it's dumb. And Lance is like, "So, explain it to me one more time." So yeah, I mean, they could have said they could have said that uh, things they got there and things were were horrible and hinky and. And uh, and the guys, the soldiers, the they all fought and they all killed each other. And we just so happened like your soldiers were so great and gracious. They they squirreled us away. And and uh, your your duty, Bob, he died protecting us. And now we're 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 back and fine. Everything's back and fine now. That's not what they do, though. No. So Lance is like, sure, I believe you. And one of the things. One of the things that they say is, well, Daryl's Daryl's like, they're they've been out on the road for years. I mean, they can handle themselves. They protected each other, and and Lance is like, yeah, okay. And he's like, well, I guess if the killers got away, I guess we need to go find the killers. And oops, the first thing we should go do is go to Hilltop and warn them that the killers are out there. Mm -hmm. And I love how all Daryl and Eric. And everybody you're like i didn't expect that this would be the first thing that he suggests <laughs> <laughs> and so um so they go to the hilltop and we finally catch up with time oh wait this hold is- on before, before we do there's a, on, on the way they run into some walkers uh, oh right i forgot and lance is like why don't you guys take care of that we'll, we'll save some bullets and it's a lot of walkers and daryl's like are you, are you serious 
And it's like, yeah, I, I, I hear, I hear these guys are really good. They've been on the road for a long time and protect they each other. They can handle themselves. And Daryl's like, right, you're a dick. I forgot that for a millisecond. For reasons, for some reason. Yeah. So and they kill so, a bunch of walkers. It's just awesome. It's, they kill him in such an awesome way. And the way that Gabriel walks past, like, he is so just like, I don't care if you believe my story when they're telling the story. And then when he walk, the way he walks past Gabriel, like, put, or not Gabriel, puts Lance and like puts the machete up on his shoulder. It's like, this is, this is for you later. I promise you, Lance, this is for you later. It's, <laughs> Just Gabriel has turned such a corner and is like, since since Rick left and they've had to fill some leadership roles on this show, mm-hmm. one of the best things they did is is give Gabriel some real stuff to do. And I love I loved everything he did tonight. <laughs> well, he's also at that stage where he's like, this is so obviously very screwed up and I have no more fucks to give. Right. I'm going to kill. I mean, I'm going to kill, kill, kill. <laughs> I'm, for for all the fact that, that we were we were complaining about Curtis. his the fact that for all the fact that we were complaining that you know suddenly he was a sniper, um, you know that whole that bit where he was up on the roof a few episodes ago and he's like, no, my name's Gabriel. Um, I mean, it was a <laughs> badass moment, and this is another one. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're giving him some really great moments of, you know, uh badass man of god and that's okay yeah that's quite all right yes so uh so they do they kill those walkers and then they go and that's what time catches up and it's daryl convincing maggie to let them in and i don't again just because you can do one of those scenes that is a time jump scene doesn't mean you should right because of course it's not the standoff that it's was projected to be because Maggie's already sent that guy who was in the mask that we thought was going to be a badass but turned out to be a real pussy down to open the gates before Daryl even steps on. And uh, so they come in and Lance is just the worst at her. Just, just literally, like, couldn't be more condescending and like, hey, uh, we just there were some bad guys in the neighborhood, and we just wanted to warn you about all those bad guys. <laughs> and you know, we just want to look around and make sure everything's okay. And, and he's she, clearly, he's clearly convinced himself that this is where he's going to find his stuff. Yeah, he's he's already made up his mind that Maggie is the person behind this. Right, and so you know, Maggie gives him till sundown. Oh no! First, he tries to trick trick her with the truck. He's like, "Ooh, here's the truck. Is the truck work?" And she's like, "No, the truck doesn't work. And trucks don't usually work. We have there's something wrong with the conversion or something." And he's like, "I was a gearhead, and not for one second in the world does the words I was a gearhead coming out of that mouth sound believable." Okay, but hold on. He didn't say he was a gearhead. He said he comes from a family of gearheads. Mm-hmm. And I can believe that Lance is one of those people whose, whose, whose dad was like a mechanic and a very, you know, uh, it was not a flashy job. It wasn't, an, it wasn't like an important job. I mean, okay, mechanics are important. I mean, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But I mean, it's like it wasn't a cool job. 
And Lance was embarrassed for his dad being like working class. Mm. I can completely believe that of Lance. I thought we had agreed that Lance was what's her name's brother. No, we didn't agree that. We knew that they, they, it's a theory, but it's, we all, all we agreed was that clearly they know each other. They know each other for a long time. So we spurculated that. Yeah. Well, they so anyway. said, she said, you've always been. So there's some, yeah. some indication of, of history, but I can complete, I can completely believe that he's one of those people who's like embarrassed that is like his dad only had a high school diploma. That's, that's Lance all over. So, but so it anyway, does not go well for him because the truck don't work. And then Maggie's like, you have till sundown to get the fucks out of here. And so then the next thing Lance decides he's going to try is cornering Herschel and trying to convince him that bad things will happen if you don't tell the truth. And he like gives him his own hat back, which, you know, for a kid, I can imagine this whole thing is very like it's this is one of those times when it's really a good thing. That they got a really bad child actor to play Herschel because he looks just like completely stupefied by fear, which is how he looks all the time. Uh, but in this instance, it actually works out really well because, you know, there's this big man intimidating him and, you know, how how Herschel has survived all this time in the zombie apocalypse and has no skin like not does not have a thick skin nor any kind of skills is beyond me considering that we have judith who is his exact age and she's like a ninja okay she's you not know, no she's older than he is by, by at well, least a year that that guy who wore the mask that we thought was going to be a real badass but turned out to be a real pissy jumps in and grabs Lance and like slams him up against the wall and it's like you were you leave him alone and so that causes a big ruckus and so all the shoulder, soldiers show up and they all have their guns and then Maggie and Daryl show up and they've all got their guns and plus all the hilltop people and they've all got their guns and and at first Daryl tries to like you know play hostage negotiator. He's like, no, this doesn't need to happen. But then he realizes like what side his bread should be breaded on and, uh, and, and turns his gun on Lance and is like, if you don't want to die for a real dumb reason, you need to uh, call off the soldiers. This and, will cause zero repercussions for Daryl in the right. immediate future, which is not how military structures work. Right. But hey, you know, it's Daryl, right? There's there's new, different rules for Daryl, right? Right, exactly. I mean, haircut rules, clearly. Sure. And, you know, we can't put him in too much. Like, there, there can't be, like, big repercussions because he's got a show coming on. Exactly. So, so uh, Lance kind of straightens up and he, like, looks at Maggie with that creepy-ass look that he has. And he says, I'm sorry that there was so much miscommunication it's too bad we can't be friends. And you're supposed there's supposed to there's an implicit threat in there, but again, Lance doesn't understand that this implicit threat is to him. You know, he thinks that he is he's being the mob boss when he's, you know, in the back seat and in the trunk is cement shoes and a chain. Like it's just it's it's a little hard to watch sometimes. Well, from from his point of view, he has the upper hand. Right. He's got the soldiers. He's backed by the Commonwealth. 
He's he's gotten away with all the stuff he's done before. Clearly, clearly, this is not something that just started when our heroes entered the Commonwealth, right? right? This is he's been doing this sort of thing for a while. This is this is what he is, and it's worked. He's mm-hmm. pulled it all off, and so despite the fact that we know that our uh, Maggie and and everyone else is just going to rain absolute hell down upon these people. They don't know it yet. They, they still think they're... Well, and I don't think they even believe what they've heard so far. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, a lot of these folks have given their stories as they've come into the Commonwealth. That's, you know, they, they interview yeah. you. So they've heard, but they just don't... I just don't think they, they really grasp <laughs> what they have done. Right. Because, I mean, it, this show is not, however this show ends, whoever dies or does not die, this show is not going to end with these people that we have been following for 14 years of our lives, like, all dying in bloody heaps in the Commonwealth moving on. With, yeah, this is with, not a Blake, this is not going to be a Blake 7 ending, where everywhere yeah. the last thing you hear is, you know, the screen goes to black and then there's the sound of gunfire. Um you know, this is we, we, Lance. Lance is gonna die. Right. He's gonna die, and he's gonna die. <laughs> he's gonna be killed by about six different people all at once. Right. It's gonna be like uh, murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Like <laughs> Who killed different... him? We all killed him. <laughs> well, technically, the first person it killed was him. Ewald who did it? I knew it. I I knew it the whole time when I was. I can't do. It was uh, it was Maggie in the library with the candlestick. Sorry, <laughs> and then it was and then it was uh, Eugene in the study with the revolver, and then it was Gabriel in the kitchen with the knife. <laughs> he just stumbles from room to room. <laughs> well, he tried. More he more. tried to get away through the secret passage, and unfortunately, discovered that Negan was waiting for him in there. <laughs> so. Um, so yes, Daryl faces no pre- repercussions for this and, uh, and neither do Aaron and Gabriel because they're all back with the Commonwealth troops when they leave Hilltop and they, and Daryl's like, look, they're not going to let us go home until we figure out like who took these guns. We are going to be stuck out here looking until they, until Lance is satisfied until something happens. And, uh, well, what should happen in the very next scene? Uh, that horrible woman. Ladies is, and gentlemen, it's the return of Leah. Uh, she is getting into her little tenty poo and all around here are all the stacks of all the guns and the Commonwealth soldiers walk up and oops, she flip flammed them because the, 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 the tent was a red herring and she's shooting them from somewhere else. And then Lance comes up and he's like, I just want to talk to you. And it's obvious from the way she, what she has with her, that she is the person who stole these weapons. It is obvious. And he's mm-hmm. like, she's like, what do you want? And he's like, I'm here to offer you a job. It's like, now, oh God. Now we discussed the fact that uh, Pope and company was supposedly these amazing soldiers who survived the apocalypse and bonded into a true band of brothers and worked together and blah, blah, blah. And they were terrible, terrible soldiers. Mm-hmm. They had poor situational awareness, just really bad at what they were doing. 
Leah walks out into the open. She is within 10 feet of Lance. If there were, I mean, this is really bad. She's really dumb in this scene. And I like Lynn Collins. I, I mean, Leah is a, is a kind of terrible character, but I like having Lynn Collins back on the show just because she's, she's a good actress. But God, I mean, I was just like, someone just shoot her because she is so like an open target right now. And I realized that Lance wants to use her right. as a weapon. But still, I mean, she doesn't know that. She just walks out in the open with the gun and it's like, and she's by herself. It's like, all right, yeah, this is really dumb. But luck- luckily for her, I guess, Lance wants, well, he wants a weapon to use against Maggie. Right. Yep. So the, and then the preview for the next week happened. Right. Right. Which answers the question, what kind of job is she, she going to get? It's about Maggie. It's a murder job. Mm-hmm. And she's only too happy to do it because, you know, she Lance doesn't even know how happy she's going to be to do it. She's yeah. going to be, fuck yeah, or as I used to say, who are. I don't think she's long for the world. Maybe I don't know that we needed her back, but I don't mm-hmm. think she's going to be around for much longer. So you, maybe she, yeah, probably they just brought her back so they could have an extra character to kill off because they don't really have anybody at this point. At this point, the next like little bit's going to be real hard to come up with characters that can can be killed off on this show well and then the next episode is the finale of this part this second part of the three-part final season which means that this is the point where you would kill somebody off in a walking Mm -hmm. dead season unless they are planning to kill off some of our principal characters which they could because you know that's it's the final season of the show and uh, there's about to be, you know, horrid, horrible nastiness visited upon the Commonwealth from inside and out. Um, potentially, you could kill off some major characters. But yeah, I think she's she's either going to die in the next episode or she's going to die in the first part of the, the final, what, final eight episodes or whatever. Mm. So. Final 67 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Well, did you like the episode, boys? I, I overall, I kind of did. Um, I the 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 things that we were like pointing out that didn't were kind of like dumb. Um, got in the way, but overall, and because it's like Dustin said, mm. we're building, we're moving things around again. This is another yeah. move the pieces into place episode, and I think a lot of it is pretty pretty clever uh and and nice character development for people like mercer Mm -hmm. uh and giving you a sense of of the man and more of a sense of the man and uh you know really setting things up that we know we knew were coming anyway that 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 really building that confrontation up between maggie and lance in a really you know intense way Mm -hmm. um so i mean it it has it's definitely had its problems but I kind of I enjoyed this episode. I yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think that uh, that we're not being served very well in general by this decision to make this final season forty-seven episodes long, as it takes place over the course of five years. I think that that 
was a bad choice. And so we have to kind of take our filler with a grain of salt because there's going to be. Mm. And like you said, this episode really did a good job of, of uh, putting, starting to actual place things on the board. Like, so we're starting to get to see where our allegiances are going to lie in the, for the next set. And, uh, and I think that's really interesting. I wish that, that we could be, we could get a better sense of who is really going to be on Lance's side, because if what's her name, if Leah or whatever dies pretty quickly in this next one, we don't really have an idea except for, you know, the governor lady and, and, uh, and the jerky son, but we don't even know if the, how, how much the governor lady even knows about what's going on in these situations. From what we've seen, I'm thinking she doesn't know what Lance is right. up to. Oh, she doesn't give a shit about the minutia. Right. She just wants to she just wants to believe that her her population of fifty or sixty thousand is just doing great. If she was aware of what Lance is up to, she would view it as a threat to her own power. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's on, she's on to him though. She she knows what he's. About. I don't. I th- well, I think she knows what he is, but I don't think she realizes what he's doing. No, no, but she knows there's something. You know, he's up to some. Well, shit. but she's also one of those people who I think we've given been given enough indications that she thinks she understands people, and she can she can control Lance because she's always been able to control Lance. Yeah, she's got some blind spots, and I think. That might be the uh, downfall of that character is that she just has blind spots. And she's, I mean, she's aware that her son is a dick. Right. But, but maybe not to what extent. Right. Oh, I'm sure not to what extent, because if, if she knew that her son was getting people killed, I don't think she. I, we don't, we don't know that because I mean, it could be, it could, and we could, we're speculating because it could be, you know, in, in episode five of the next set of 12 uh, it turns out that she knows it all, and like there she, could be a real shocking scene where she kills somebody that you're not expecting to die because Fair you know. I I I've, I've been working under the impression that she doesn't re- she's blind to how bad things actually are, and it's almost a willful blindness. Mm. I mean, she knows her son is terrible. She knows that Lance is a snake, but she doesn't realize the extent that both of them have gone to so far. Mm-hmm. And I, I could very easily be wrong. You know what? What I and I think about this actually a, a, a lot sometimes. Uh, this particular set of chapters in a book that I once listened to, there somebody comes and says, "I want to buy your land," and then when they say no, the next night some hooded figures called uh, scarecrows, and then the person comes back and offers to buy the land. And uh, and of course the deal in any way. So uh, there's this character, this very shadowy character, who's like this essentially a robber baron who like moved, even seen or spoken about, or he's spoken about, but he's not ever seen. Uh, and you're kind of led to believe that this that this guy just came from New York, hired somebody to be their head of staff, and then forgot about it and has no oh shit, this dude who we think is the big villain is not the big villain. He's just some patsy, some dumb old moron. They all get like on the same page and figure out that this guy doesn't have any clue what's going on. 
somebody kills it. And I waited for the rest of the book for there to be wrote a whole log, whole journal and stuff like that, was writing love letters to this girl in town and stuff. It just like they go on. They don't even talk about the guy again. He has a whole, you know, he's the shadowy figure in the background. And then he has a whole chapter devoted to him. And then he's killed off immediately after that chapter. And they never talk about him again. I think the that is what's going to happen with the governor lady. There's going to, because we're, we're going to be speculating of what does she know? Does she not know it until the very episode that they're going to do this whole long thing where they like are in her head and at the end of her of this episode where you finally understand what's happening with her she's going to get ganked <laughs> and and we're it's that's oh that's it hey guys i hit my uh my step goal today so did, did you <clears throat> and i fought wolves i fought wolves today you fought wolves i fought I wolves I fought, I fought zombies last night <laughs> we're talking of course about the outbreak challenge which we are all competing we got we're doing in the middle of a race together we're not competing against each other we're competing against the zombies that are trying to kill us and uh the calendar cl- ticking down the days as we have to uh get to our safe zone it's uh, 60 miles to, away we're gonna have to double our efforts if we're gonna make this happen we're at like 50 miles now so we're not doing we're not it's it's not we have 35 miles to go. 33.6. Yeah. So anyway, we've got, uh, we are in the outbreak challenge. Of course, if you, if you, at the beginning of the episode, you heard our little bit, but uh, we're having a good time. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and Me it's too. fun. The animation style is fun. Yeah, I, I really like it. I like, uh, I like that. Uh, um, I like feeling like someone's relying on me to do my part you know well because it is a team effort i mean we're we're on a team together and so we're all contributing and and you can see how you know dustin right now has got more steps in than you and i do curtis i did a lot of walking this weekend barely i am catching him though well i'm not too far behind either but the fact is he's got more steps than we do so we have to i went uh, to the renaissance fair on saturday and then i went flea market shopping today so it was a lot of walking around that oh, I Oh man, do. I wish I'd known about the Renaissance Fair. I would um, oh, some coinage and got down there. There's one in October. You will we can go to the one in October and that will be fun. Ooh. All right, folks. Well, we hope you have enjoyed hanging out with us as we talk about this episode of The Walking Dead. And we hope that you'll join us, of course, for our next episode as we talk even more about The Walking Dead, because that's what we do here. We, if you could leave us a comment or a rating on the podcast platform of your choice, that would be great. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and we would love to, again, just get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And um, we'll do this again. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.